When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Everything is Black and White podcast brought to you by eToro. In this week's preview podcast of Newcastle United's game away to Crystal Palace, Lee Ryder discusses just how to stop Wilfred Zahar, Newcastle's key men, and Andre Mariner's terrible record while refereeing games for the Magpies. I'm Andrew Musgrove, and this is the Everything is Black and White podcast. Hi Lee, how are you this, uh, this week? Are you all, you all good? Yeah, very good, thank you. Did you know, recovering from... The two-one defeat against Arsenal, which was disappointing, but you know hardly surprising given Newcastle's activity in the summer. But there you go. Looking forward to the long trip down to Sellers Park on Saturday. By no means an easy task. Palace, you know, only on six points this season. Yeah, they beat Huddersfield on Saturday. Sahar is obviously the, the key danger man. The brilliant goal that he scored. How do Newcastle cope with with him? Because he, he yeah. is a brilliant player. He is probably bigger than Palace. No offense to Crystal Palace. Yeah, um, he's going to be a real handful on Saturday. Yeah, and also the fact that you know he's very vocal after the game, saying that basically if what what has to happen for somebody to receive a yellow card or a red card uh, when fouling Palace, um, and he was quick, you know, to point out that you know do I have to break my leg? Um, I thought it was quite hypocritical considering the challenge you then putting on someone moments yeah. after he'd been I think the, the Palace foul count was, was significantly bigger than Huddersfield as well so but look at the end of the day that, that Newcastle now got to deal with that he's, he said it, it it's went viral um, the referee's Andre Mariner um, who Newcastle have had some bad dealings with in the past I've got his stats written <laughs> down so we'll get on that in just a second because I mean that was the other question I was going to ask you now Sahar said that mm. um, obviously these are professional referees you know the highest quality they shouldn't get affected by what a player says but do you think that will be in the back of Mariner's mind you know say if you know Dummett or, or Yedlin does clatter into Sahar will Mariner be thinking about what, what Sahar's said yeah well they are meant to be professional but then they're the, the human beings and I think that that first foul or the first challenge on on Zahar is will you know capture the the referee's attention straight away. So you know they read everything that's said. You know they, they might referees might say oh we don't pay any attention to the media, but they will. They'll be scouring through Twitter, doing searches on the name. Um, they'll be reading every report in the paper, what merit marks they get. You know some newspapers give referees marks out of ten. They'll be doing all that, and you know he will be very aware of that. So Newcastle need to be careful with with that one. Um, Dummett's probably the guy you'd want in this situation because he's you know he's very measured. Um, he's quite a disciplined player, isn't he? You know, he's red cards and yellow cards hasn't had many in his career. So I think really it's, he's probably the man for the job. Do you think Palace will then? Do you think that's where Saar will start? I think will be on the, the right for for Palace. Do you think will be on the left? Well, Roy Hodgson he's, he's a experienced campaigner, isn't he? So you know it could be it could be either side. It'll keep keep Newcastle guessing but as you've seen on Saturday Newcastle are capable of switching the full backs around as well because uh, Yedlin spent a 
a little while on the left hand side so you know it's going to be an intriguing game it'll be as I say a battle between two experienced campaigners in, in Hodgson and Benitez and you know they'll both have each other sussed out so it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out on the field Newcastle really need to get something out of the game you know another defeat is unthinkable at this stage so you know how do Newcastle those stops are do you think it is a case of getting you know two three players around Sahar and, and, and trying to maybe you know close them out of the game or do you leave it one on one let the full back you know challenge them face yeah. to face I mean if you were Rafa Benitez how would you approach trying to stop their star player yeah well in the sort of 70s 80s 90s the, the way to stop him would have been to kick him in the air basically which you know we all remember David Ginola at Newcastle and then first sort of 10 games he completely dazzled at St James Park then teams started to suss him out um, referees weren't as uh, harsh back then and basically Ginola got lumps kicked out and basically um, and obviously it, it was one of the factors why Newcastle didn't win the league that year Um these days you've got to be a lot more tactically aware it'll be it will be a case of as you say pressing and closing him down and, and restricting his space restricting his impact uh, and I think really you know Newcastle they've already operated with a back five before in recent weeks will they do it again almost park the bus again at Crystal Palace will cause a few issues because I, I seem to remember both Pardew and Carver doing something similar um, a few years ago and it it resulted in some stick whether Rafa Benitez gets that stick we'll have to wait and see I suppose one of the main issues is that they played well against Spurs on the opening day of the season then went down to Cardiff a team who for many is below Newcastle's level they should be beating Cardiff many would suggest and they looked like a totally different side they were totally different to how they played against Spurs again Newcastle have played well against Chelsea against Arsenal against City yeah. do you think they might struggle to then go to a, a team seen at least on their level and then adapt to where they're not necessarily having to contain or think about damage and limitation they're on par with them and they can go after the win well I think you've got to look at the league table at the minute and ask yourself are there three teams that are worse than Newcastle and at the minute that is it's quite a task you know that you look at some teams that could be involved in relegation but the the right at the top end of the table you go back to this time last year I think Newcastle had 8 points at this stage um, on the board and they were safe by the start of April you are worried that now um, if they don't get their act together quickly that they're going to be going right it's going to go right to the wire in the when you look at the season in the long term so Crystal Palace spent um Less, they won the bottom three weren't they for spending I think they spent less than Newcastle did so it's one where they should be picking up points but it's it's just a hard place to go I would say it was, wasn't a very nice place to go for visiting teams it's it's quite an atmosphere for the home from the home fans so look it's going to be difficult but Newcastle got to be brave they've got to go for it seeing that I mean their record there at Crystal Palace I'm just Having a look here, yeah, I mean, obviously Newcastle lost five-one. Mm. Yeah. Um, I think it was it was Pardew versus McLaren, wasn't it? And yeah. McLaren got an absolute thumping. Um, last season it was it was one-one, where Mr. Mariner will uh, be remembered for giving 
penalty which didn't please Rafa Benitez very much it was uh, Kieran Clark on on uh, Christian Benteke Rafa thought that the penalty was harsh Yeah, conceded there was talking of the shirt but conceded that they were both talking each other's shirt and it, it wasn't a fair penalty um, and we all know, you know that the Palace fans are loud and it isn't a very nice place to go but all in all I mean yeah, if I'm looking back here yeah, Newcastle beat them in the League Cup back in 2014 uh, beat them 3 nil back in December 2013 so they haven't got the worst record mm. but I suppose you can argue that the confidence at the moment in the camp isn't exactly going to be high no uh, Palace are going to be on the up after beating Huddersfield as well um, is it is it as daunting as it happens it's a tough one there's no doubt about it I think yeah. after the start Newcastle have had you would prefer to have one of these more beatable teams at St James Park they haven't got that and they've got Palace this weekend away then they've got Leicester at home now people say the next few couple of fixes are on on as hard yes they are less daunting Crystal Palace is, is tough but winnable Leicester for me isn't an easy game so Newcastle really need to get something out of this Leicester these days are a very good outfit they've spent a lot of money they've got England internationals in the side they're a good team Newcastle are going to have a tough tough afternoon against Leicester so they, these next two games they've got to pick up three or four points uh, or they're going to be marooned at the bottom of the table Formation wise for Newcastle do you see Benitez sticking with what he's done okay maybe he might switch to five with the like we've discussed or he'll stick with a four four one one mm. or do you see him maybe swinging a surprise maybe putting two up top I mean it's doubtful, isn't it? He's probably going to stick with, with the one up top, you think? He just loves to keep fans guessing. He loves keeping managers guessing. Um, and that's great because, you know, sometimes it, that does come off. I think he might go with five at the back again and try and grind a result out of this game. If he does that, though, he has to then get a win, doesn't he? Because he's, well, he's, he, has to, he has to get a win, but by the same token... He could come over with a draw and say it's something on the board, and we've got Leicester next week, um, and he will. He'll be looking to stop the rot. So, yeah, in some people will expect a win if you're going to do it the, the ugly way, if you like. Um, I imagine Pixar might be on the radio on Monday if he does set with five, talking about how he'd be slaughtered if he'd set up that way. But yeah, I suppose that's what Benitez has to deal with. Uh, do you think he will go with Rondon? Do you think he'll go with Josselu? Do you see any other changes coming? I mean, obviously Kennedy wasn't didn't start on Saturday. He came off the bench. Didn't really uh, didn't yeah. really show anything other than giving the ball away a few times. I mean, I'd I'd be starting with Rondon definitely. Um, Kennedy for me, whether he's injured or he's not injured, he's not playing well enough to to merit a place in the team. I think. Murphy is a good player. He's got pace for a game like this. Um, you know, you can match someone like Zahar in, in a way. The only thing that concerns me is that little bit of composure. Um, gets into positions, and I think Nobby Solano did a brilliant column um, the other day when he said, you know, maybe you know he just needs that bit of coaching where you know you get you get into a certain pitch and you burst in the last third of the pitch. Just have a little look up and see what what's there. Richie's very good. At clipping the ball in, um, putting a, a, about ten or eleven crosses against Arsenal, not all of them, um, no connected with anybody. But 
it's it's quite frustrating because if Richie had the pace of Murphy, he'd have the perfect player. Because if Richie had that pace to get them to get them crossing, it would, you know Newcastle be be laughing. But that's what Rafa said all along. When you when you're dealing with limited funds, you can you can buy you know the t- the very top players have all got like six or seven attributes like pace, finishing, heading, tackling, all that kind of stuff. Um, with the money Newcastle have got, you're buying players that have got maybe two or three of their attributes. Um, so it's really frustrating for for Rafa to cobble a team together. I, I just I don't think you can criticise him. Uh, people will think this is con- controversial, but I I actually think someone of Rafa Benitez's calibre who's won things, he's proven in the past what he can do. He did what he did with Newcastle last season to guide them to the top ten on a very small budget. I think. He gets at the moment they're going through a tough tough patch. I think he gets a bit of a free pass, and he, he is actually deserves to not be criticised while he's trying to get through this patch. And I think the majority of Newcastle fans aren't criticising him. Uh, it, the noise is coming from pundits, out of work managers, like you mentioned, Big Sam. Um, and the reason that he doesn't get criticised, like Big Sam does, is because his attitude's completely different. He's a he's a much warmer fella. He, he has time for the media he has time for the supporters he's much more of a figure like a Keegan or like a Bobby Robson whereas Big Sam was quite arrogant um, he didn't make no bones about his his tactics refused to, to sort of budge said a few things that rubbed the fans up the wrong way and now he's it's easy for him to, to throw a few um, few bits of criticism in from the sidelines so I think you've got to trust Rafa and kick on with, with the team the way it is so we'll speak to Rafa on Friday at his press conference. There are concerns over Jamal Lasalle's who rolled his ankle, I think, in the warm-up, played yeah. for, uh, the first half, came off. For Kieran Clark, fitness concerns over or Shelby as well. Um, do you foresee them being back on the side for Saturday? Because Newcastle needs them, because without them too, the team is severely lacking, I would argue, the leadership which lets the other players flourish yeah and to be fair you've got to, you've got to pay the money to get that leadership sometimes and Newcastle again didn't splash out in the summer they got Fernandez in uh, who I think you've already pointed out in one of your pieces did give them some leadership he seemed to be the man to to pull them back together because they were arguing at one point in, in the midfield and he's got that kind of captain's mould I think they can, whether Lascelles gets declared fit or not, I think they've got enough about them to go down there and get a result without them. Um, but they do need some. They do need something else in midfield. I, I, th- I think that midfield was was flat. Do you think Hayden, even if Shelby isn't fit, do you think Hayden will be dropped and we'll see Key, maybe even Sean Longstaff? The midfield for me at the moment is is la- severely lacking energy. Um, Diarmé is a player who will sit and, and hold. Uh, Isaac Hayden was given the task of bringing t- an extra 10% to the game didn't look fit you know clawed his way through the game stayed on the pitch uh, Rafa didn't seem to want to bring Shelby on to replace him maybe he saw it as an opportunity for Hayden to get 90 minutes in his legs and for me they, they, they desperately require some energy in there and I think yeah, yes Key has got a lot of composure on the ball but I think Sean Longstaff would give Newcastle a real bit of zest in there and if you, as long as he's alongside somebody with experience 
I think you wouldn't let anybody down. But I just can't see that happening. But I can't even see him being in the squad because the seniors will get priority. So it'll be you know Shelby, Hayden, the army. At the moment, for the next couple of months, they'll always get the nod, and it would be a huge surprise if someone like Sean Longstaff got a start at the moment. And uh, just briefly, then, just on Andre Mariner's record, uh, thirty-seven games he's taken charge of Newcastle. Yeah, seven times he's sent Newcastle players off and awarded four penalties uh, against them. He hasn't sent off um, a player for Palace, and he hasn't awarded penalty to Newcastle. Uh, Again, look, we're in no way suggesting that you look as out if you're Newcastle now when Mariner takes charge, but it is a very unfortunate uh, record Newcastle have when it comes to Mariner. Well, the thing, I think it's it's like a psychology thing with, with certain, with majority of referees, especially at St James's Park, where they, you know, they get warned when they go up to St James's Park, referees get warned by people in and around the game. Oh, don't crumble the crowd up there. They shout for everything up there. The Gallagher end. Don't be. Don't crumble to any pressure from them. And they've got that in the head. And they're frightened to give a penalty. They're frightened to send off an opponent because they, they just don't want to be um, kind of criticised in the press. Again, they read everything. They search their own name on Twitter. Uh, they don't want to be. They don't want to be criticised. So that 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 list of statistics is concrete evidence of of exactly what I'm talking about this mentality you need a strong referee at Crystal Palace they'll be shouting for everything but it'll be a lot easier in his head to give things to Palace than it will to Newcastle so who'd be a referee by the way you know it's like it's it's one of the worst jobs in, in, in football everyone's having a go at you but Newcastle don't seem to get any decisions uh, their way I think it's been 56 months I think since Newcastle last long time sent off for the opposing side. Long time. Um, maybe this is the this is the game where they win it with a last minute penalty and someone gets sent off with a professional foul and then we can we can rest the case. <laughs> uh, just a couple more questions. Then we we spoken about Sahar, but uh, Melavijevic in the midfield is a kind of player for Crystal Palace who maybe doesn't get the plaudits. Mm. He's he's got the most touches this season. He's got the most through balls. Um, I think he's a penalty taker. He's a very underrated player, in my uh, opinion. And another player that Newcastle really do need to stop because he kind of pulls the strings a lot like Shelby does in a way for Palace. I mean, Benitez will know all about him though with the, with the research. Benitez, you know, he's very meticulous. But key player for you? For them, that's I have to go with Zaha. You know, hit him on the ball. Uh, is dangerous even winning free kicks is, is dangerous uh, especially when Newcastle are playing vulnerable they'll use him as, as the outlet um, so uh, you know it is an obvious answer but that he's very much the danger man and that's been uh, cranked up a little bit more with you know his words during the week so so yeah it's um, it's a tough one for, for, for Newcastle in general but Zaha will be the, the danger man and they, they will have to they will have a special plan for him uh, for Newcastle then the, the one player you would like to see kind of step up and stand out on Saturday uh, you know what I think I'd like to see Iosi Perez have a bit more of a, an impact whether he survives the, the axe this week I don't know I, I thought he was very poor at times. I, I did try. I tried to be very balanced with with my my um, match report, and 
actually mentioned in the remarks that maybe Perez had been told specifically to have more of a defensive role. Was he blocking the runs of Bellerin on that on that side, and and just giving Dummett that bit of a bit more protection? I don't know. It be it would be good to, to find out um, really, but. You know, we what what we want to see from Iosi Perez is you know this player that can add that little bit of sparkle in the final third and get one of his shots away because he can't finish. Um, and even last season, towards the end of last season, he was turned into a bit of a poacher. Uh, and I spoke to him in the summer. I said, you know, you you must enjoy those scruffy goals as much as hitting a thirty yarder or something. Like that. I remember he scored that spectacular one at Leicester. Mm. Uh, I said you must enjoy those scruffy ones more and he said yeah I do he said I don't mind uh, the burden of playing the number nine role if you like so I'd love to see him um, you know have a good game because he's, he's a great character to have around anyone who's spoke to him he's full of enthusiasm he's got he's got most of those skills so it'd be great to see him step up and, and have a good game um, apart from that you know you've got Rond on there, so is he your goals guarantee? Can he can he get an important goal? Because uh, it's going to be a, a tight game, so it, if Newcastle can win, it'll be a narrow win. Uh, and finally, your score prediction then for Saturday? Well, I said two one last week to Newcastle. Fortunately, I got it the wrong way around. So in this one, I'm going to go for. I'm probably going to go for a draw. Uh, I think there'll be a few goals in it. Two-two, which at least stops the rot. Stops the rot. Yeah, would give them a point. Are they vulnerable enough to at the back? You know, we'll have to wait and see if they can get the win. Brilliant, but I think you would probably even even if offered a point now, wait, Crystal Palace. If you were offered now, point at Palace and three points against Leicester, which would be tough. If you're offered four points from the next two games, I think most fans would gratefully take that no, I, I do agree with that uh, well there you have it that's the uh, preview for the Crystal Palace game you can keep up to date with all the latest Newcastle United news including Rafa Benitez's press conference on Friday and of course live match coverage over on chroniclelive.co.uk on Saturday from around midday